Video games are an interactive visual medium. As technology advances and graphics continue to get better and better, and developers create storylines with more depth and intrigue, they even feel cinematic. But there's nothing like a movie on the big screen, and when the rare video game finally makes the jump to the multiplex, there are definite winners and losers. Put down the controller and grab some popcorn. This is Wayback Attack. Welcome to Wayback Attack. My name is Brian Grantham. Sitting across from me, as always, is Preston Burt. Preston, do you got to go fast? I got to go fast. I got to go hard, and I'm ready to put a ring on it. Nice. Are you ready? Uh, always, always. Yeah. Uh, I cannot say uh, anything really bad about the stuff that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Because uh, not only uh, do we have some groundbreaking moments that we're going to talk about, um, but you know, I think you can find joy and happiness in everything that is video game and movie related. <laughs> you can. Uh, it's just some you, you have to look harder than others. Yes, and in, in some <laughs> some instances you do. So, uh, what we're obviously talking about today, if you read the episode title or if you can allude to what we're talking about in the intro, Sonic the Hedgehog mm-hmm. movie is out, and we have both seen it. We have, and uh, I will say, I was, I was pretty surprised by how by how good this movie was uh yes i so the best thing about going into a movie with no expectations or low expectations Mm -hmm. is that it's uh it's very often able to be exceeded yeah (laughs) so i my expectations were were far exceeded and i came out really really happy my my kids actually saw it um with their grandmother the day before Mm -hmm. and they had a good report about it they said it was really good but, you know, I can take that with a grain of salt. Right. Um, and then you and I saw it together. I mean, and uh, it was it was better than I thought it should be almost. Yeah. So what, what was the last uh, video game movie that you saw? Oh, the last video game movie I saw. Dude, I don't know. I mean, it's been it would have to be one of like the Resident Evils or something. Yeah. Like, it's in the mid 2000s. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because when, when when other stuff would come out like Warcraft. I just like I looked at the, one I don't do Warcraft anyway but uh it was you know it just it doesn't look like it would be good. <laughs> yeah. So I with with Warcraft I guess that probably was the last movie that I saw. Um I didn't see it in theaters or anything but I was I was pleasantly surprised with that movie as well but it wasn't on the same level as this. I understand why that movie didn't do well in America just because it wasn't what everyone was familiar with. But it, I, I was I liked that movie, but it, it wasn't something that was like groundbreaking. Well, as we'll talk about later on the podcast, video game movies haven't really had a tradition of being good. Mm-hmm. So the expectation is always low and, 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 and tempered for something. But especially when the very first thing you see about the movie, oh, it right. looks so bad. Yeah, And I know, I mean, it's unavoidable for us to talk about how this was initially released as compared to how it was finally released and thank goodness for it because that first trailer with sonic the hedgehog whatever they decided to do oh my gosh 
Well, so I will, you know, when they first showed off that trailer, actually, I guess it wasn't when they showed off that first trailer. It was when they announced the redesign for Sonic. There was this whole conspiracy theory that they showed the bad Sonic first, that they already had the other Sonic ready to go, but they showed the bad Sonic first so that they could make, they could lower people's expectations for it to blow them away. I don't believe, I don't believe it. That's... (laughs) No, that's that's too much because Hollywood again and again has proven itself to to take property that is good as it is mm-hmm. and then twist it to their own put put their own spin on it, right? Right. And then it just ruins it. So I think this was a case where they're like, oh, we'll be original and unique and like we discussed earlier, you were like, Oh, it's it's light it's trying to be more lifelike or right. something mm-hmm. realistic and i'm like what uh yeah no sonic needs to look like sonic i'm glad they changed it yes. i think the movie is better for it i wonder i really do wonder if all things were equal if i watched the exact same movie uh-huh. exact same dialogue exact same action and the character was just that original weird looking sonic mm-hmm. i wonder if i would have thought it was a good movie or if that tainted it so bad mm-hmm. that i'd be like I just can't get past it. It's not a good movie. Well, that's that's like what we talked about after the movie. I told you, I hope on the Blu-ray that they have the option to watch it with the original Sonic because that movie was done almost, you know, like like all uh, they had to redo every single scene that Sonic was in because they had already been working on all those scenes to begin with. And so um, I would love it to be able to have the option to watch it with that original Sonic. I actually know a little bit about about this design choice they decided to do. Um, the So when we watched the movie, uh, I told you I was surprised based off the intro that I, it looked like Sega had a lot of input with with this movie. Mm-hmm. And But the Team Sonic at Sega like had almost zero input at all. And when they showed off that original design, they hated it. Um, especially the uh, the guy that uh, makes the the son or that was like created Sonic and stuff. He the main thing he hated was that it was not one eye with two pupils that is two separated eyes. Mm. He hated he hates that, and he told them when when if you make a movie and Mickey Mouse isn't is in it, you don't make an actual mouse. Yeah. Like like he calls them fairies. They're fairies. They they exist in that world looking the way that they do. Like he Sonic should look like Sonic does because he's a fairy and is believable. And um and so uh the guy the the producers when they were making it, they were were talking to the movie studio and the movie studio said, Look, you go with the realistic design because Detective Pikachu had come out and mm-hmm. those designs had been really popular. They said go with a realistic design and you're going to get blowback on it. It happens with all the good movies like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Transformers, all these movies. They, they redesign them. You get a lot of pushback from the old fans, but we will make up like the kids won't care and we'll make all that money back up. Right. Mm-hmm. But because the Internet outrage was so outrageous for this movie, uh, that's that's the whole reason they said, look, we you have to go back and redesign it. And they actually hired a guy. Oh, I can't remember his name, um, but he worked on uh, – he started off doing, like, some fan art for Sonic and stuff and then wound up working uh, with Archie Comics on the Sonic comic book. And he did, most recently, the Sonic Mania opening cutscene and stuff like that. He did all the animation for that. They hired him to come in and do the redesign for Sonic. Oh, wow. And so it was, like – it was a more – 
fan-based depiction of the character. Well, I did read. It's such a common question. Um, apparently, Google will shoot you out an answer real fast. Um, that the visual effects were actually they were not completed for the film. Mm-hmm. So they had the trailer done, of course, and they had some uh, extra footage done. Uh, and so the actual total cost to completely redo everything was $5 million, right. which mm-hmm. is, is no doubt a lot of money, but not like they had to completely redo right. everything from scratch because they hadn't even started. So they basically just had to pivot hard mm-hmm. and then fix the trailer stuff and a little bit extra. I feel so bad for that visual effects house. Oh, my gosh. Me too. Well, they're out of business now, right? They did go out of business, which is crazy to me, but because they, they just got the short end of the stick. Actually, it, it must have just been ran poorly as, as a company because they did the VFX for Cats. Oh. And, um, you know, they they actually patched that movie after yeah. it released. With, Mid, mid-showing. Um, and then uh, but and then they, they did this, and they also worked on um, The Lion King. They, like... The way Disney does their stuff is they have multiple Effects studio houses, houses. Yeah. yeah, and 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 so they were one of the houses for the Lion King movie, which was great. And like you know, this studio does good work. Mm-hmm. Um, they they're not in control of the design choices. Oh right? yeah, they, and, so, and they deliver. You yeah, know, they're like, you want this? Here you go. But the reason, that, like, five million dollars is nothing, uh-huh. and like that has to be why they went out of business, just because their management just was making poor choices, right? I just feel so bad for those people because they said that they were working like 80-hour weeks. Oh, I'm sure to turn that movie around mm-hmm. so fast. Um, well, before we talk any more about the movie um, and uh, to give people a, a chance to to maybe decide they want to turn it off if <laughs> if they think we might spoil anything, which we're going to try not to. But um, let's talk about original Sonic for just a second. Okay. Did you have a Sega Genesis growing up? Of course. What did you, was your Sega Genesis packaged with Sonic? Was that your first exposure to Sega Genesis in its entirety? It was for me. I, I, it, it mine probably came with Sonic. I, I remember. Um, it had to, it had to have come with Sonic. I know I had a big Sonic Two poster behind my TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, and I, I played, I played like the first. I had every Sonic game. Like I had. One, two, and three, and then Sonic and Knuckles, or Sonic one, two, Sonic and Knuckles three, and then the Sonic CD when the Sega CD mm-hmm. came out and stuff like that. I loved, I loved those games back then. I, you know, Nintendo had Super Mario, mm-hmm. but you know they had they had a lot of different icons with their system. Mm-hmm. Sonic was Sega for me. Right. I mean, and they really worked it hard. He was, in, he had that intro. Mm-hmm. Um. Sega, mm-hmm. and then it started with a dun 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 dun, and which is right into it. And he was the face on their boxes, and he he was a purposeful mascot, right? Like from the beginning, mm-hmm. he was the opposite of Nintendo. Yes, yeah, um, because you know, plumber brother, you know, what, that's weird. I, we'll well, that, talk about that later. That and just like the attitude, like Sonic. Sonic was the nineties, uh-huh. right? Uh, and so it was it was a good pivot from starting your video game console career on the NES and playing those wholesome games that Nintendo forced companies to like make changes uh-huh. so they would be more wholesome to the blue dude with attitude. Yeah, but I mean, that was their marketing, but the game itself he wasn't he didn't have any sort of attitude or anything. Uh, he would break the fourth wall and wag his finger and look at his watch and like tap his foot. Okay, all right, I'll give you that, <laughs> but it wasn't he wasn't too he wasn't rude or anything. Um 
But that game, did, what it did so well is one, of course, the improved graphics. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the jump to 16 mm-hmm. bit graphics. So that looked amazing. The colors were so bright. Yeah. And then, I, you know, I got to applaud them on the way they made it feel legitimately fast. Like mm-hmm. when he went into the spin mode mm-hmm. and you were just going loop after loop and it it felt great. Like, yeah. there, you know, this is before force feedback on the controls or anything, but like something about once you went to that zone, like you could feel it. Yeah. It, sometimes like Sonic would go so fast, he would go on, like the screen couldn't keep up with him. Uh-huh. And it would, you would, it was awesome. And like, you know, back then they used like their marketing thing was the blast processing, which was all a lie. But like that was their whole thing was like, look how fast Sonic goes. That's why the Genesis has that because we have blast processing. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Sonic in total has 66 games uh, in his library. And I'm not going to go through through all of those, but I'm sure most people listening to this have, are aware of Sonic and have played Sonic. If you want to learn more about Sonic, um, there's a great exhaustive Wikipedia page, but also I would recommend the book Console Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually having a a mini series or some HBO. Yeah. It's, um, uh, it is uh, a movie. Oh, jeez, What's his name? <laughs> Seth Rogen. Yeah. Console Wars <laughs> documentary. Uh, well, slash film August says there's a documentary coming out. Anyway, something's coming out soon there. Well, there's two things there's cause there was already the book, the console wars and Seth Rogen and whatever studio that he has, uh-huh. uh, they bought the rights to it and they're making a, a, I think a mini series, a docu series and a documentary. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've read that book. Um, and it's uh, authored by Blake J Harris and it's a thick read. But it is about this time frame, Sega, Nintendo, and the battle that defined a generation. Came out in 2014. If if you're of our generation, you will love this book. It's you know, uh, it's got a lot of intrigue and behind the scenes business stuff between those two giants. And I I really can't wait for the documentary to come out. But there's a whole lot of Sonic information mm-hmm. in this. So. Those those like those kind of books are so neat because. You know, a lot of comp, comp, well, I guess big companies are still kind of this way, but companies are different now now than they used to be. They're more open about like what's going on in them. Uh, whereas like back in the day, like your competition was your enemy, right? And so books like these that do like this deep dive on like the history of something, you get to see like the way that these companies reacted to the, to each other and like, Oh, they're making this move. We have to do this. And I want you to take like, like corporate espionage and like stuff uh-huh. like that. You know, it's really neat to see how those companies behave. Well, and, and it's cool too, because you know, you think of these big corporations, uh, especially now like Nintendo is this monolith and, mm-hmm. um, and back then probably as a kid, you just thought Sega was this huge thing, but they were, you know, Sega America was like running by the bootstraps and like, you know, there were like a handful of people on staff originally. And so right. it was, it, it felt very intimate and like hard scrabble when we normally just think of the polish and shine of the marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was really, really cool perspective. All right. So back to the movie. Okay. What was your, uh, I guess, should we do any spoilers or should we try to avoid them? Um, 
So I, I thought about this for this movie. Okay. And, you know, it's a kid's movie. Uh-huh. Obvious, like, I, I feel like there's certain things that we'll talk about that are going to be obvious, right? Okay. So I will say this right now because I'm this could like anything is a spoiler, right? Uh-huh. So spoiler warning. <laughs> but you know, like obviously Robotnik isn't going to kill Sonic in, in the franchise. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, there's gonna be certain things that, that are part of it. So with that in mind, I thought that the fan service that they put in this game was really cool. Uh-huh. And you know, that would normally that wouldn't surprise me for a video game movie, but just because the original announcement and the way Sonic looked, like you look at that and go, oh, they have no idea what Sonic is, mm-hmm. right? And so you wouldn't think that there'd be so much fan service in this movie. But I mean, it's stuff like when Sonic is fighting Robotnik in the video game, he you jump on top of his ship, and that's what he's doing in 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 the movie. Like he's like he's hitting the top of the ship every time that he attacks Robotnik, and just like attention to detail like that. Like there's certain animations in the game, like when Sonic's like on a ledge and like the way he like waves his arms. Like they have that in the movie, and there mm-hmm. it's just stuff like that 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 it was. I loved the attention to detail that they had. It was and it surprised me so much just based off of the original announcement. Yeah, so. There were some things that really worked for me, and there were a few things that didn't work for me. Right. Um, what one of the things that really worked for me was uh, Ben Schwartz, mm-hmm. the voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I only know that actor from his portrayal of Jean Ralphio on Parks and Rec, okay. which, if you haven't seen, mm-hmm. it's Chef's Kiss. It's <laughs> it's so good. But his voice is like the the casting on that is perfect because even if I didn't know that actor, mm-hmm. like that voice matches what you expect Sonic to sound like. And that's with much respect to my boy Jaleel White mm-hmm. for laying down some awesome uh, VO on um, uh, on the original Sonic cartoons. Well, it wasn't just the Sonic cartoons. There has been a live-action Sonic quote-unquote film made before. It was a, it was an 18-minute short, uh, but he also voiced that too. Oh, so. I, didn't re- I didn't remember that. But I think, I think what helped me is it had been so long mm-hmm. since I had seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when was the last time they did anything with him so as the voice? That that short was like 2013, but before that, it was the 90s. Yeah, yeah. So my kids had seen it, you know, like on Hulu. They had the reruns. I mean, you could watch some of the older Sonic cartoons, and mm-hmm. so that's it had been years even since that. But it just wasn't on my mind. So he did a great job. Um, what didn't work for me. <laughs> And I think it was you that told me this. It's probably you, so I'm going to give it credit to you mm-hmm. in our discussion after the movie. And I hate you for pointing out to me was that uh, Sonic mm-hmm. can run really, 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 really fast. Right. So, of course, when he needs to go get the doodad, <laughs> he rides in a car mm-hmm. for way less speed that he could just run himself and be done with it yeah you do see a point where he's told that san francisco is west and so sonic leaves for a second and comes back and he's covered in seaweed because he ran all the way to the pacific ocean and (laughs) and so but you you know that wasn't that wasn't just because he had to get his ring sonic didn't want to leave earth he wanted a friend he wanted his buddy yeah and so like that was the reason that right you know you got road trip road trip with your buds 
What about James Marsden um, cornering the market on <laughs> CGI <laughs> buddy road trip movies? <laughs> yeah. With uh, was that Peter Rabbit? No, uh, Peter Cottontail. Peter Cottontail. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's funny. There's <laughs> there's a picture of James uh, James Marsden driving Peter Cottontail in a car, and there's a picture of James Marsden driving Sonic in a car. And it's almost like like shot perfect. Yeah. The exact same it's shot. Really, really weird. <laughs> Um, but hey, respect to my boy. He can go from playing. He played Cyclops, right? Uh, like yes. Back in the day, yeah. Uh huh. This guy's got range. Yeah. Somebody else told me that. I didn't realize it. You know. Um. Yeah. He. he he's fine. <laughs> I, I couldn't. No. I couldn't tell you. He. He makes a. He's a handsome cop. He's fine. Yeah. Uh, he's almost like background noise in this one. Uh huh. Um. It, you could have pretty much put anybody in there, but he yeah. did fine. Um. But let's talk about Jim Carrey. Okay. How how do you think Jim did as Dr. Robotnik? So I think I think it was a kids movie, uh-huh. right? And I I will preface this with Jim Carrey uh, in an interview, they asked him like why a role like this? And he says that he he likes picking roles where that he a that he thinks will be fun, right? But he likes people to grow up with him. Mm-hmm. And he, a lot of times it's cool. Like he'll meet people and and they'll be like 40-year-old people. And they'll be like, oh, I've grown up watching all of your movies. Mm-hmm. And it's because he does kids' movies. Like like if you look at his catalog of films, it's he has movies for every age range. Yeah. And so uh, – and in every like genre of movie, mm-hmm. right? And that's all part of his plan. And so the reason he did this is he wanted – to have another film like four kids that he, that he could be a part of. Yeah. It had been a long time since I saw him in anything other than something dramatic. And it was a, it was quite a breath of fresh air to see him kind of back to his roots of being goofy mm-hmm. and silly. And yeah, it was hokey from an adult standpoint. Um, but like you said, ultimately this is a kid's movie. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get butts and seats from the parents too, who aren't going to mind taking their kids to see this movie mm-hmm. because of the nostalgia factor. Um, but ultimately you got to recognize it's, it's lighthearted fun for the kids and he pulls it off. Great. It's great seeing him stretch his physicality mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I really appreciate, uh, spoiler. <laughs> uh, I really appreciate how they made him look, um, at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. as compared to the end of the movie. And right. it made for like a natural understanding of, of the way he looks in the video game. Yeah. So I thought that was great. And, you know, there was a family that was sitting behind us and to the left, right? Yeah. And I was listening to them because it was kids and a father. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to them because I was like, well, I want to see what hit, like, you know, those are kids. Maybe I want to see what hits with the kids and what hits with the dad. And the dad was laughing way more than the kids were (laughs) (laughs) because like, I can't, like I kept hearing him laugh and I heard the kids laugh a couple of times, but like, I was like, I was like, okay, cool. Well, like he's, he's in love with Jim Carrey. Uh And so I think, you know, it works for everybody, but uh, you know, they, they did a really good job with him. I, I love too that, um, they made things work that I wasn't expecting. I don't remember the rings having any sort of teleportation capabilities mm-hmm. or in the video games, did they? Yes. So the the easiest way that you see that is whenever you find a bonus stage, you jump into a ring and it oh, takes you to the okay. bonus stage. I didn't remember that. I just remember you had to capture them to save your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and to get extra lives. Well, you, you know what's funny about the movie? So we were talking about attention to detail earlier. Um, anytime that Sonic gets hit, 
The and, rings fall. Well, yeah, he drops his bag yeah. of rings. Yeah, and good. then and then if he doesn't have his bag of rings on him and he gets hit, you like he you you think he's dead. Mm-hmm. And so that was neat attention. Yeah, very cool. So uh final thoughts on Sonic? I thought it was great. Um I I will say so this next thing that I talk about is going to be a spoiler because I w- I'm going to talk about the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie. Um, and it's, it's essentially going to be the, like, there is an after credit scene. It's not really after credits. It's like during the beginning of the credits. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I am super excited for this because this movie has done well. It hasn't just done well. It is the best... Uh, best opening weekend for a video game movie ever, ever, ever. And the um, they they were expecting maybe ten to twenty million dollars, really, for the opening weekend for this. Wow! And because they were worried that the whole redo, the five million dollar redo for Sonic, was going to ruin that oh, opening. Wow. And and you know this movie in its opening weekend did over fifty million dollars, mm-hmm. and. Um, and that's just for domestic take that's that worldwide. It was like around 70 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, the, so this movie has done really well. There is an after credit scene that says, Hey, we're going to have a sequel if this movie does well. And, um, it's awesome because if you think about the games and how they relate to, to the movie, right? So this movie, Sonic's probably 10 is like a rough age for him because he flosses a lot in the movie, which I think is hilarious. Um, but like his, so he's, he's like roughly 10 years old. The, um, so in Sonic one, you only have Sonic and Sonic two, you had Sonic and tails. So the after credit scene is tails shows up on earth and has like a readout and and he's talking to someone on a headset and says his signals coming strong from, from here. He must be here. And then he flies off using his tails right mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie so that so that sonic 2 was you played with sonic and tails they came out with this like cartridge adapter that you would plug into your genesis and then you would plug the gen you would plug sonic 2 into this and that was sonic and knuckles and um it kind of hacked the game basically but at the beginning of the movie sonic is running around his planet and he shows up to Longclaw the owl and gives her a flower mm-hmm. and there's attackers outside. Yes. And this is the whole reason why he comes to earth. He has, he has to hide from the attackers. Those attackers are echidnas, which is yes. what, which is what knuckles is. And you specifically see, um, there is one echidna coming through a window and he has Knuckles's knuckles. Oh. And it's, it's, you don't see it. If you're watching the movie, you have to like, there's, really look at it. there's videos and, uh-huh. and like stuff online. Um, so, if I, they will probably bring Knuckles. I think they're going to bring the whole crew into the second movie because Tails is talking to somebody, so it's probably going to be like Biggs the Cat and some other people from from the game. But I would love it if the second movie was just Sonic, Sonic and Tails, and then they are go- they wind up going to the Mushroom Planet or uh, Robotnik gets them there somehow, uh, and Knuckles. Because he's like their most powerful enemy. Let's say something happens and he blames Sonic for that from when they were when he was a child, and Robotnik has him help him get revenge for Sonic, right? Yeah. And like I think that's like a natural progression from from what this movie was. Um, but I just don't see how the next movie is going to take place on Earth. 
Like, I, I feel like from here, it's basically just going to be all CG. It'll just be like a Sonic Well, cartoon. it could be the case where they don't need a Dr. Robotnik in the second movie. Uh, it could just be Knuckles or yeah. or Tails or, you know, there could be confusion between the two. Uh, I'm here for it, though. Yes, I, I am. <laughs> I, like, because people have asked me, like, did you like the movie? I'm like, yeah, you know, I did like the movie. I will tell you this, though. Uh, I cannot wait to see the second one. And so I think that's like a good, like, I, I like, I feel kind of like, like torn uh, about the movie. Just, I think, cause I went into it expecting to hate it. And then I liked it so much. I, I, I was like, wow, this, that was actually pretty good. Right. Yeah. And I, but I'm super excited for part two. Right. And so I just, I, I, I way to go. So for me, where I stand, it was an enjoyable movie. Um, I'm happy I saw it. I'm happy my kids saw it. I would take, if, if you're a parent, I would definitely have no hesitation mm-hmm. taking them to see it because they're going to enjoy it and you're going to enjoy it. Is this one that I would buy? Probably not. That's just me. I'm not a, I don't have to own every movie I've seen. Um, if the second movie comes out, would I go see it? Yes. I'm not going to say this movie is a 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Like There are other animated features that have blown me away, like the original... The original Lego movies really surprised me. The original mm-hmm. Shrek movie really surprised me. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Um, this was just, this was a fun ride. Um, worth the money. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's time to push buttons. Your flying eggs are pretty impressive, Mr. Eggman. But let's face it, you'll never catch me. Confidence. A fool's substitute for intelligence. <laughs> That's not good. Uh, Sonic, I know you got the super speed and everything, but Maddie and I, totally defenseless, probably gonna get blown up. Pretty much, yeah. Don't worry, I know exactly what to do. I was not expecting that. But I was expecting not to expect something, so it doesn't count. So Sonic is... Sonic the Hedgehog is the newest video game movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit about the very first video game movie, right? And this will help uh, the battle between uh, Nintendo and, and Sega. So talking about uh, the Super Mario Brothers uh, movie starring Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo as the Brothers Mario. Yeah, the two most Italian guys you can think <laughs> of. A Brit... And uh, a Latino just playing, you know, brothers in Brooklyn working mm-hmm. the pipes, right? Yeah. And I think this movie, you know, none of this movie is canon, but I think this movie is, is the one where they describe that his name is Mario Mario. Yeah. <laughs> and Luigi Mario. <laughs> yeah. Which, which when I was watching it, brought up a good point. Like, I don't think I'd ever thought about that before. <laughs> this character is named Mario. This character is named Luigi. But they're the Mario brothers, so that must mean their last name is Mario. (laughs) Mario, Mario, (laughs) Luigi, Mario. Interesting. All right. So, uh, what do you what do you remember about this film? Or did you did you see it in theaters? Yes, I saw it in theaters. Okay. I would say I was surprised at how bad it was, but I will not say that because my heart had already been crushed Mm -hmm. by several movies that had taken beloved properties that that I enjoyed Mm -hmm. and crushed them into oblivion. Like He-Man. Like Masters of the Universe Mm -hmm. and the Garbage Pail Kids, the movie. Oh, I loved that movie when I was a kid. That movie was so bad. I had the biggest crush on Tangerine. 
the movie was so bad, but I think it was one of those cases where I just wanted to love it. I mean, same with Masters of the Universe. Just because it was re- it was related to the to the what I loved, right. the product that mm-hmm. I loved, the toy that I loved, the show that I loved, that I was willing to like give it the benefit of the doubt and overlook so much. But in my heart, I knew it was awful. Yeah. And so when Super Mario Brothers came out, I was so psyched for this movie. I mean, it was a big budget movie, and you could tell that from the trailers. And they had mm-hmm. all these kind of special effects and, um. And, you know, I didn't know anything about the actors at the time. I wasn't like, I wasn't, they didn't have IMDb. I wasn't following the trades. I mean, I didn't know who these guys are were necessarily, but I was happy to see people portraying because they looked like them, right? Mm-hmm. Bob Hoskins sure does look like Mario. I was happy to see these guys play it. But then when I watched the movie, I was just like, what is going on? Like, this is nothing what I had hoped for or expected. Yeah. See, I was a big fan of Bob Hoskins. Because Who Framed Roger Rabbit uh, came out in 88. Oh, you're right. I might have known who he was. That was my favorite movie. I had We had neighbors that lived across the street from us, and I got them to let me borrow the VHS tape. And then I kept it for so long that eventually I was forced to give it back to them. And I don't. I think that they bought me a copy. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I love that movie. Oh, and he was coming off of Hook, too, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Was that me? That yeah, yeah. I know he was me, but I'm trying to think what year that was because because Mario came out in '93, right? Yes. Uh, so Hook had to be right around then. Um, but yeah, like like, and it's so crazy. Hook was '91. So okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So uh, it's so crazy to think about, like, you know, as a kid, like that was my introduction to Bob Hoskins that I remember, and then so from that to Hook to to this, uh, I you know. You talked about how you were kind of set up to understand the failure because of previous <laughs> yes. movies. Uh, I uh, I could tell from the movie, like the movie trailer, I I was not excited that excited about this movie simply because it was nothing like the game, and I could just tell that from the trailer. I think well, visually, just seeing the Goombas, and you're and, like, what is that? Yeah, and Dennis Hopper like as Bowser, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it was. But at the same time, um, you know, now that you look back at this stuff, you're like, the game itself is pretty nonsensical. Especially if you go off the instruction manual. Yeah. It's crazy. So you almost, it almost opens itself up for failure and interpretation of an untold magnitude because trying to make sense of it into any sort of compelling storyline is just weird and hard. And uh, I don't know that I have any answer for what a proper Super Mario Brothers movie would be. Oh, I that's just, easy. I just know it's not this. Yeah. The, <laughs> uh, you know, but you have like, um, you can look at stuff like uh, the Mario Brothers cartoon show and at least see that you could tell stories in that setting, right? You know, because that would have that would have been before this movie, right? Yeah. And so you can see how like stories would happen like in the Mushroom Kingdom, right? And you, you know you had already seen cartoons of it, and I like that. Mm-hmm. And so it's an, it's easy to go, oh well, they can just make a live action version of this cartoon, um, and that should work because we've seen live action versions of cartoons exist, and so, uh, but yeah, I just. You know, even if you do something along the lines of, you know, back then, I guess it's not, it wasn't a trope. Maybe it was in TV shows. 
but you know somebody getting sucked into the game world or the game world coming out of the TV. There, I remember there was like a comic series where Mario came out of the TV, uh, and it was probably around this time of the Game Boy or something. Um, but they could they could do something like that if they wanted to incorporate the real world, which Bob Hoskins. Like that seems like a natural fit based off his history with Who Framed Roger Rabbit to like interact with a digital Mario or, you know, like a cartoon Mario coming into the real world or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So if for some reason you're listening to this podcast and you've never seen this movie, um, here's the description from the back of the Blu-ray, which you can buy on Amazon for $18. Brooklyn Plumbers, Mario and Luigi get the shock of their lives when they discover a parallel world populated by the intelligent descendants of dinosaurs. <laughs> it seems they weren't destroyed by a meteor millions of years ago, but hurled into another dimension and now have plans to rule our world. It's up to the unlikely heroes to battle the evil King Koopa and his Goomba guards. Free the beautiful Princess Daisy and save mankind into this adventure of a lifetime. So, yeah. Wait, is there a difference between King Koopa and Bowser? No, that's the same person. Okay. The only only real villain that they've had that is different is Wart, and that's the one from American Super Mario Bros. Um, But, spoiler alert... That was because that game took place in a dream. What? Re- and the real the real reason he's different is because it was a different game uh, in Japan, and all they did was change the sprites to be Mario and Luigi and Toad and and Princess Peach. Oh right, right. I think we've talked about that before. Um, so yeah, <coughs> excuse me. The effects on this movie were actually pretty good for the time. They mm-hmm. were some. Um, some really high quality stuff. It's just the world building they did. It wasn't a world that you'd expect. I mean, I I know that I think I read somewhere where their thought on the dinosaurs was because of a a level on Super Mario World that had dinosaur mm-hmm. bones or something. Well, there were dinosaurs on it. Like uh, I can't remember the name of the villain, but there's like a Triceratops and right. So you know. they just expanded on that, mm-hmm. but just doesn't work for me you know there are things so if we think about the sonic like the attention to detail have you read the instruction manual to the original mario bros probably i don't remember it so the in in the instruction manual explains where the blocks come from because the world doesn't doesn't have floating blocks all over the place when there was some magical spell that turned the inhabitants of the mushroom kingdom into blocks so it's kind of messed up because, you know, you're going through that game and just, like, murdering people if you're thinking about that. <laughs> but I like to think that that's, like, where the coins are coming from. It's the people giving you help, you know, like, on your travels to help defeat Koopa. Um, so they had that in this movie where, um, you know, the the king of the Mushroom Kingdom was turned into this slime. And he was all over the Mushroom Kingdom and, like... You know, they help out the Mario Brothers, or he helps out the Mario Brothers in a couple of ways, like by dropping a bomb to them sometimes or stuff like that. Because, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like a they. It's like they never played the game, but they read the manuals and went, "We can work with this." Yeah, it was so funny. You mentioned the bomb. That was the only thing that actually looked like mm-hmm. the thing from the from the game. Mm-hmm. Everything else was different. And man, boy, did they do that? Did they? I know the Goombas looked awful, but for them to take Toad and turn him into that, such a disservice. But you know who Toad was, right? 
some singer. It's Mojo Nixon. Who is that? Oh, he's he's like like I always think of him like in the punk scene and stuff like that. Oh, I don't know who that is. Yeah, Mojo Mojo Nixon is um uh he's he's a musician, but um it's kind of yeah. like psychobilly and, and and punk and stuff like that. Ah, gotcha. But uh yeah, this one I'll be honest, I I watched this movie when it came out and I think I've seen it one other time. I tried to watch it probably a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And then when we were prepping for this episode, uh the only place I could find it to stream was without buying the whole thing was the uh, Rift Tracks. Mm-hmm. Well, I paid. I, I bought that. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the <laughs> Rift Tracks version of it. That r- the Rift Tracks is very good. Th- that's honestly the only way I can recommend you watch it now. Like, because there are movies that are so bad they're good. And then there are movies that are just middling and they're not good, but they're not awful. They're just like, ugh. Well, that was a waste of time. And I feel like this is a waste of time. You know, it, it's interesting, like, um, when you, you talked about the effects being very good, right? And that's because this was kind of like a big deal. Like, it had it had a budget of $48 million. Wow. Which is crazy um, to think about because uh, this was the very first video game movie, right? Mm-hmm. And the um, part of the reason that it was so... Well, one of the reasons that people say it was so bad was because Disney bought the rights to distribute it. Oh yeah, this is another Touchstone Pictures. Yep. And they um apparently they had had them change the scripts like to like add in all kinds of stuff like like uh John Leguizamo talked about it. And he said, you know, they added like dancers, you know, and stuff like that and like all all the stuff that they had them at, well most of the stuff they had them at in, they wound up editing editing out of it but the um because of all these edits to the script like every day they were showing up to to uh to film and nobody knew what what they were doing that day because they were changing the scripts constantly and so and john like wasamo's uh in his like biography he he talked about this this movie in particular and how because the directors, it was like a husband and wife director, and they would always, uh, they would not talk to each other about changes that they were making, and one of them <laughs> would just make a change, and then the other one would come back and know we need to do this differently. We're doing it like this. Uh, so because of that, uh, Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo just started drinking every day on the set because they were trying to make like a good time of this horrible experience for both of them. And you know, it's just a real shame because uh, Bob Hoskins was asked by. I don't remember who it was. It was it was some prestigious uh some prestigious uh media outlet. Media, media outlet and they had asked him um you know what they felt like his biggest like like his his biggest disappointment was and stuff like that and Hoskins said that this movie was the worst thing that he had ever done in his career and that the whole <laughs> experience was a nightmare. Oh, uh, how awful. How awful. Um yeah, Nintendo actually didn't make a there's no nintendo property movie uh-huh. after this movie was released mm-hmm. until detective pikachu in 2019 yeah that's how long it, it took for i guess the uh the stink to wear off for them to be willing to to roll the dice again and um i i wonder what other what other nintendo properties would make a good movie oh dude so many 
A good, you could do a good Zelda movie. See, that was a softball pitch I just gave you right yeah. there, Brian. Uh, so Zel- I think you could do an awesome Zelda movie. And, yes, totally. Um, that would work extremely well. I think Metroid would work extremely well. Yes. Uh, and then because you have like like just I just in, I would want that to be like a live action thing. I, both of them. I think the, both of them would be good live action ones. But just like seeing like Castlevania, bro. Well, Castlevania is Konami though. Oh. So just thinking strictly of Nintendo properties. Um, Balloon fight. Yes. <laughs> yes. You could do a good Mario movie. And I think because of how well Sonic has done, they will they will make a, a like they will make a new Mario movie, especially because they just opened up Mario Land in uh in Japan at Universal Studios or whatever over there. Mm-hmm. And so like I I think that they're going to make a, a new uh based off Detective Pikachu, mm-hmm. they will make a, a Mario movie because of that. I don't know how well it would do, but my kids sure do love Splatoon. Yeah, that'd be... And I think that could be a really fun movie. Punch-Out? Okay. That would be good. Like okay. And, like, that story, like, I mean, you just make, like, a kid's version of Rocky. True. Although, I, that would be the least of what we've mentioned so far. I, I think you're, you're, you've are you're hit the nail on the head with, with Metroid. I mm-hmm. think that's going to be a really good one. And I know my daughter would love a cinematic legend of zelda i mean god it's just right for the picking oh yeah like it's you know i feel bad for nintendo because you know when they were putting out like the cartoons in the 80s and then they did the mario super show you know like they're just media is so different now and like the writing for tv shows and and movies is just so very different from the way it was in the 80s like I kind of feel like, of course, this was going to happen back then, you know? Uh, and, you know, there was a trend. This wasn't the only video game movie that was like this, uh, that was just so far off from the source material that, uh, you know, I think that the the people that write movies now and make movies now grew up with this stuff because yes. Bob Hoskins, he signed on for this movie and he didn't even know it was based off a of video game. Right. And so, you know, I, I just think that the world is such a different place that of course it's going to lend itself to, to just media based off of this type of media is going to be better because of it. I think so. Name. Mario. Last name. Mario. Okay. What's your name? Luigi. Luigi, Luigi. No, Luigi Mario. Okay, look, how many Marios are there between the two of you? There's three. There's, there's Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. Mike! Mike! Up these Marios around the side. Stop pushing me around. All right, I've got a movie pitch for you. Let me hear it. Okay. I've been working with these with this uh, writer and this screenplay writer, and we're trying to come up with a, a video game movie, right? Uh, so... For my writer, I hired Paul Dini. Do you know who that is? Oh, yeah. He writes uh, or wrote a lot of DC stuff like Batman the Animated Series. Yep. And then um, I figured he would be a great writer because he was also a writer on the Batman Arkham video games. Oh, cool. Uh, And so uh, it was kind of a natural fit for him. But he's done tons of superhero stuff, and this is going to be an action movie. All right. So um, I kind of – the world that this game – uh, takes place in is kind of dark and grimy. Mm-hmm. And so I figured for the screenplay writer, I would hire Peter Gould. Do you know who that is? No. So he was um, a writer and producer for a lot of Breaking Bad episodes. Oh, I saw that, yeah. yeah. So he, like, he kind of knows like the seedy underbelly right. and stuff like that, right? Um, now, for the actors of this film, um, I try to think, you know, this is going to be like a 90s action movie type of deal. Okay. So I figured for the bad guy... 
I would hire uh, the bad guy from Terminator 2, uh, Robert Patrick, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. He's a mean dude. Yeah, he's perfect, yes. right? Um, and then since it's an action movie. And 90s kind of theme. Yeah. I, I want I want to hire um, Mark uh, Dacascos. Do you know who that is? Yes. Yeah. So it, you know you could you could really see like how good he still is at action because he's been doing it since back then from John Wick three. You know he, just so so everybody knows he was like the guy in charge of the ninjas that was hunting down John Wick. Um, and then my personal favorite role that he's played was uh, in Iron Chef America. He is the chairman. <laughs> so there you go. Um, now this is kind of this this next part's kind of out there, uh, but I want uh, you know kind of like a comedic like aspect, so it's not so serious of a movie. Uh, and so I figured Scott Wolf would be uh, a pretty good pick for that. This <laughs> weak sauce. <laughs> That's lame. Have you ever seen Go? Uh, he was amazing in Go. Okay, right. I don't remember that. Okay, I think you might have had some people on here until you until you <laughs> named him Scott Wolf. So if you haven't figured it out already, we are talking about another. Uh, video game movie from the 90s. Actually, the next one following Super Mario Brothers, mm-hmm. and that is Double Dragon. Yeah, this came out the very next year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess they saw the success of how Mario <laughs> had a $40 million budget and only made $20 million. It was probably, one, it was probably already in development. Yeah. And two, it was probably like, well, we won't be like that film because we got all <laughs> these cool people in here. They also had Alyssa Milano. Yeah. Like, that was awesome because Melissa Milano was cool and Who's the Boss? And then Christina Wagner, I didn't know who she was, but she was apparently a soap opera actress <laughs> from General Hospital. Well, anyway, so I don't have a succinct uh, uh, synopsis of the movie yet, but this is what they set you up with at the beginning uh-huh. of the film. They have a narration, voiceover. Thousands of years ago in ancient China, an evil army of shadow warriors terrorized the great city of Shangsa. To save his people, the good king sacrificed himself to create a mystical medallion. Realizing the ultimate powers of the medallion, the king split it in half. To one son, he gave the power over body. To the other, the power over the soul. This is the legend of the double dragon. So I have a question about that. Go. So to save his people, the good king sacrificed himself Uh to create this medallion. Yeah. So then... uh, how after he sacrificed himself, how did he then split it in half and give it to his kids? <laughs> that makes no sense. And let, like, uh, I don't know. They so, made it out of his ashes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that, uh, you know, we talked about being prepared for Mario brothers, mm-hmm. like going in and seeing it. I was really excited about this movie, dude. I was lit for this movie because ninjas, especially in the oh, early nineties, yeah. like, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course they screwed Mario Brothers up because it's just, it's too pure for this world. But Double Dragon, this is just a beaten up action movie. And I have watched um, American Ninja. Yes. I I have watched uh, Surf Ninjas. I have watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, I am here for the kung fu action and you can't screw this up. Yeah, and you know, back back then, every Sunday... Uh, it seems like every Sunday we would, my stepdad and I would go 
to go have something done to the car, uh-huh. right? And so I would sit in the waiting room at a tire place or oil change place, and they always had kung fu movies on, playing uh-huh. on like USA or something all day long. Sundays. I just thought of two other great ones: uh, Bloodsport, uh-huh. Jean Claude yep. at his height, yep. and Best of the Best. Uh-huh. Do you remember that one? Uh-uh. Oh my gosh! I know our listeners are going to remember some of that, but. Yeah, they were ubiquitous. Like, mm-hmm. there was always some D-list something that was on USA. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just, it was it was total, like, uh, turn off your brain and just enjoy it. You can't go wrong. This one, they went wrong. I, it, it, so, <laughs> I can't put my finger on any one aspect of it because it's just good enough to not be terrible. But it's also terrible enough to not be like that enjoyable yeah i i have i don't i don't have it in front of me for when the game came out uh the arcade game. 1987 87 was the arcade 86 game? or 87 yeah okay and, and then it was around 88 for the for the nes is when the nes version okay. came out right and then like 88 89 they had double dragon 2 the right. revenge uh-huh and this movie came out in 94 okay mm-hmm. i bet so three was had to have been out by now because the Super Nintendo would have been out and 3 was on the original NES. Mm. Okay. So um, you have a lot of lore. Do you know the lore of the very first game? Uh, just just give me the basic idea. I want to say it was something like a girl got kidnapped uh-huh. and they have to go retrieve her. Yes, that's the that's story. It. Yeah. So it starts off with, um, uh, with Miriam uh, standing next to a garage door, the bad guy comes up, punches her in the stomach, and they just throws her over his shoulder <laughs> yeah, and walks off. And hauls her off, and then the garage door opens, and then uh, and then Billy and uh, Bill. Well, it depends on if you're playing a single player or a a two player game, but uh, but the double dragons they come out and then go to proceed to beat people up and uh, and go and win back the girl. Yeah, there you know there is a category of games called beat 'em ups. And Double Dragon is the definition of a beat 'em up. Yeah, that's all you do. Yeah, you just beat up people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The um, do you know what the sequel to the second game is? Or I'm sorry, what the story to the second game is? <laughs> so Miriam is standing in front of a garage door, and the bad guy shows up and shoots her and kills her. Oh no! And then the garage door opens up, and then Billy and Jimmy have to come out and then go and avenge her. Oh so, my gosh! Uh, <laughs> They're like, Let's amp it up this time, guys. <laughs> and the, my favorite thing about the intro to that game is when he shoots her, like her body like falls over, and then she flashes out of ex- out of existence. Like oh. when you beat somebody <laughs> up, right? <laughs> I love that. I love that she flashed out, but um. You know, I if I was going to make this movie today, mm-hmm. I would look at movies like The Warriors mm-hmm. because you know part of this part of this game was the outlandish gangs that you were fighting as you were playing through the game, right? And so instead of like in The Warriors, how the Warriors are trying to get back to their burrow um, to be safe, I would just do the opposite. I would have just the warriors going through the different boroughs to get to the boss, right? And it and I just don't like the warriors had been out at this point and was a success. I just don't know how you see this game and that movie exists and you don't go, "Oh, I'm just we're just going to make an awesome action movie." And yeah. instead they tried to make some kind of movie for like little kids. Yeah. Uh I mean, I know kids play the video game. Um and I know they're probably I guess they looked at the market of, you know, there's a 
tons of blood sports out there that are rated R. Let's make something that everybody can go to. But it's so they made it way too comp. Like I can't even try to tell you what the plot of the movie is, other than Robert Patrick's trying to get both halves of this medallion that gives him superpowers. Um, but like, like we just read the intro, like there's mystical things about it. Mm-hmm. There, for some reason, they have a guardian because their parents are dead, mm-hmm. and then this guardian she dies and they forget about her within at least 15 minutes <laughs> no one guy's really upset <laughs> um but like the, why did they introduce that backstory about their parents when i mean it was really weird and then you got Alyssa milano battling like street punks um and her dad's the police commissioner mm-hmm. and then there's some sort of like purge type thing going on. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a deal between the cops and the bad guy and the hooligans. Yeah, that the hooligans just have free reign at night. <laughs> yeah, the cops will go. That's home. a good movie. I'd watch <laughs> that movie. And I think they made it called The Purge. But yeah, and then I don't know, man. It's so weird. They have uh, apparently a Bobo mm-hmm. is a character. Oh, a, bo- a Bobo is a big deal. A Bobo is a big deal. Um, and, and I think he's from the video game. Yeah. Oh, no. He's, he's named. A, he, some fans have made a Bobo his own game. I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you later. Oh, wow. It's awesome. Well, anyway, a Bobo is a highlight in this film, too. He is a big brooding bad guy who gets punished <laughs> and turned into like a mutant character. Yeah. And it is so cartoonishly awful. Mm. I mean, even my kids were laughing at it. <laughs> we watched it all together. It was funny. My my fourteen year old, she was like, "This is the worst movie I've ever seen," and she left after like twenty minutes. And my youngest, she's ten, she was like, "This is pretty good, Dad." <laughs> wow, that was a good movie. And I didn't, you know, I didn't uh, finish it in one sitting. She had to go to bed. I was like, "You want me to save this for tomorrow? We can watch it together." Sure. She's like, "Wow, Dad, that was really good." I felt kind of tense at parts, like I was invested. It's like, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. But, um, yeah, it was, it was not great. The, um, (laughs) I, I will say I'm fine with this movie existing only if they make another movie called Double Dragon, not Double Dragon 2, they just call it Double Dragon Mm -hmm. and consider this a prequel to it. And this is how Billy and Jimmy meet Miriam. Because mm-hmm. Aly- Alyssa Milano plays Miriam. And so, like, because you don't get that backstory in the games. And so maybe that would provide some good yeah. context for, for a really good movie. Because this, I, I think a movie based off this game or off this game is like a no brainer win. I will say, uh, I forgot to mention previously in this, the summary of this movie. Um, so this takes place, this is a 1994 <laughs> movie, but it takes place in 2007. Uh huh. After a gigantic earthquake um, in L.A., mm-hmm. and it uh, it's like a post-apocalyptic kind of thing, mm-hmm. and part of the city's flooded, and it's raw sewage. Like it's not just flooded; it's flooded with like raw sewage and stuff. Right, that's flammable. Yeah, uh-huh. that you can have boat races on that <laughs> for an exorbitant exorbitant amount of time. That was like a twenty-minute sequence, wasn't it? Like it was like too much boat racing. You know, all the boat races that happened in the Double Dragon game. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, it was crazy for uh, my most random cameo. Cause there's a lot of, you know, you're like, Oh wow. There's Alyssa Milano. Oh wow. 
there's Andy Dick. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's Vanna White. <laughs> oh, wow, there's George Hamilton. Odd. Those are names you'll know. Okay, M- my favorite uh, cameo in the in the movie was in uh, these fake commercials because they're watching TV, so you get to see the. Uh-huh. You get to see the the news programming and stuff. It's like it's like uh, RoboCop. It is way. very much like RoboCop. I really think they were drawn on that. Um, they had these two guys. I don't even remember what their commercial was, but because I was so blown away that in this movie, this major Hollywood movie, they featured the furniture guys, <laughs> Joe Laario and Ed Feldman. I, I guarantee you that of those seven people listening to the show <laughs> six of them will not know who those guys are but for me um at that time i watched these guys on tlc do you remember when tlc was the learning channel oh, and yeah. not just my 600 pound life and <laughs> horrible decisions and things i choose to eat to kill myself yeah yeah uh well this is one of those times so back when tlc in the 90s was called the learning channel they showed educational stuff i remember watching um, I remember watching like live surgery. Well, not live, but like <laughs> eye act- surgery, actual remember, surgical yeah. shows. Oh, brain! There, I, uh, there was multiple brain surgeries. Yeah, they I do all kinds that. of stuff, uh-huh. and, and like yeah. it was super interesting and super gory, of course. Um, and they also had this show called Furniture on the Mend, starring these two guys, Joe Laario and Ed Feldman, and it's there. It's it's like a public access show showed up on major cable. <laughs> mm-hmm. They were like, we're just dying for programming. We'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take it. Anyway, somehow these guys got on a Hollywood blockbuster movie. Well, I'd say blockbuster. No, it was a major Hollywood motion picture. I wouldn't say it's that major because it was yeah, only no, no. $7.8 million budget. Hey, look, it was the big bucks. What? So you mentioned the the budget. What was the return on that budget there, Brian? The return on that budget was a <laughs> whopping $2.3 million. Wow. So this is what we call on the biz an utter failure. Yeah, um, I it, it's hard to believe how how disappointing it was to, to watch this because I had such high hopes for it. That said, between the two that we just talked about, uh-huh. Double Dragon and Super Mario Brothers, I would watch this one. How about you? Which yeah. if you had to watch one again, which one would you want to watch? Gosh, I think that I. Mm, without the riff tracks. Without the riff tracks. Just a straight movie. That's tough because there's like Bob Hoskins and Bob Hoskins holds a special place in my heart just because of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. John Leguizamo, I respect that. I'm not saying you can't watch other Bob Hoskins movies. No, but I know. But like that's why like those movies are like more okay to me or that movie is more okay to me probably than this because while I do um, like the movie Go – Outside that, like I never watched Party of Five or anything, so I have no, uh, I have no like nostalgia for Scott Wolf and uh, uh, Mark Dacascos. My like I do love him for being the chairman from Iron Chef America. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I at least there's action in this in this movie. So I guess I would have to go with this one because because Mark Dacascos is a actually really good. Like martial artist, yeah, and, and he's a good actor, yeah, and he's a good actor, and and you could totally like the whole reason they hired Scott Wolf or cast him in this role was because he was Party of Five was big and they were trying to mm-hmm. bring in those people because 
in this action movie where he plays like a martial artist, you can tell he has no idea how to fight at all because all he ever does in fights is just like throw props at people and like break things. <laughs> and then while Mark Dacascos is like actual like spinning bow staffs around and like doing like actual attacks and stuff. Uh, so I guess I would watch this just because there's action in it. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I, I feel like it. If they had gone more with the RoboCop route, like that they were obviously yeah. drawing some inspiration from, if they had been a little bit darker, or I, I think it would have been a lot better. Well, that's that's what I was saying earlier. Is the game came out in '87, this movie came out in '94. Let's say you're 10 when the game came out. You know, like this movie, if it's made for those people that played it when it came out, they're t- like teenagers. Like right. a RoboCop style movie would have been perfect for them. Yeah, you know. Well, anyway, I. I that it was a weird choice to choose for them to make that one because Double Dragon, sure, it was a popular game. Yeah. Oh, it was extremely popular. It was extremely popular, but it, it's not like a brand loyal game. It's not like I, I don't know. It's not like kids were like, I can't wait for the new Double Dragon to come out. The cover, the box art cover art is so good. It is. <laughs> anyway, well, that uh, I'm glad I revisited that one. Um, it wasn't quite as bad as I had remembered it to be. Um, it had some great 90s aesthetics to it, um, and I'm I'm glad I watched it again. <laughs> the, the director for this movie, this was his first film he directed. Before this, he had done like music videos and, and stuff Max like Headroom. that. Max Headroom. Oh, did he did he direct an episode of Max Headroom? This is a husband and wife team, right? No, that was Mario. Oh, never mind. That's that was the Max Headroom okay. people. Never. Mind. The uh, so this guy had done like music videos and like um, like concert videos and uh-huh. stuff like that and then this was his first movie oh. and then after this movie he went back to doing concert videos and music I bet videos he did. again it was just like nope <laughs> i bet he did yeah that was a lot of that was the the path for a lot of filmmakers mm-hmm. they started doing music videos and they yep. moved up but hey no shame in this if especially now there's there's a lot of love for this this just got a a mill creek release blu-ray so you can get this one hot and fresh off the presses um on amazon and uh, hey, it's one for the collection. Add it to your shelf. Yeah, get it, get it. You know, I'm sure plenty of people have uh, family members that love John Wick. Get them this and just say <laughs> it's just like that. <laughs> just like that. You hear to her heard it here first, guys. Two thousand seven, Los Angeles. The city has changed. Cops rule the day. Punks rule the night. And one man wants to rule them all. There's only one thing he needs to succeed. This is only half of it. Find me the other half now. And look who's got it magnifies the power inside you. This half gives power over the body. All right, so where's the on button? Now, two brothers will stop at nothing to protect their half. Look out! And a madman will stop at nothing to possess it. You're gonna love this. Let's have some fun. Who wants gum? If they succeed, they're heroes. But if he does, their history. Watch your step. 
time to skin you guys. T2's Robert Patrick, Scott Wolf, Mark DeCoscos, and Alyssa Milano. Double Dragon. You said it. We don't really have to wear these, do we? All right, so that's going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. As you guys know, we always try to talk about something that is currently relevant in pop culture and tie it to the past. I think Sonic offered up a great opportunity for us to look back at some um, some other video game movies mm-hmm. of the past and see how those relate. I'm glad we've grown so far. <laughs> we've come quite a long way. Um, if you have ideas for us to talk about, uh, topics that are culturally relevant in the news and have some ties in the past, hey, let us know about that. Um, you can reach us in a number of ways. We have an email address that's waybackattackshow at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at wayback underscore attack. Um, I myself am on Twitter at squared stiff. Brian? You can find me at B.E. Grantham. Always hit up the iTunes and let us know how we're doing. Give us a review. Give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Um, We've got some great things in store. We hope you'll stick around, and we'll be back next week. Thank you.